so the short idea in all of this, the, the TLDR, is, is a robot about to take your job if you're a real estate professional? No, I don't think so. Is a robot hopefully going to make your life easier, uh, help do some of the stuff that was not necessarily all that enjoyable in the first place, and, and maybe let you focus more on the key area where you have provided value in the past? Yeah, I think that's the case. I think uh, technology would have to change drastically more than what we're seeing on the horizon. I think there are things that do impact the industry. Welcome to the Real Estate Growth Hackers Show. I'm Zach Hammer here with my buddy, Charlie Madison. Again, we're coming to talk to you about AI today. We got kind of a pressing question here that uh, that everybody that's on everybody's minds, and it's, uh, will a bot take my job? And what is the future of AI in real estate? So uh, that's what we're talking about today. What do you think about that topic, Charlie? It's pretty pretty interesting, exciting topic. I like it. I've got a lot of thoughts on it. Uh, my my stepsister just got her license. You know, that's a question that that she's got. Uh, that's what a question that a lot of people have. Uh, what is real? What is not real? Uh, where will it help? What? Where will it hinder? Right. Right. Yep. And, and so, yeah, that's what we're going to dive into. Let's and let's get right into it. So, for, first off, uh, on this episode, we're going to cover a pretty wide swath of this question. We're going to talk about uh, your, for lack of a better term, the uh, the good, bad, the ugly, uh, as well as breaking down uh, where AI is making an impact, where it maybe isn't making an impact, what elements of the real estate profession are safe, what elements are at risk or need of being adapted to, and, uh, and really what would have to happen for this to be kind of an existential crisis uh, for real estate agents. And uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to dive into. So uh, before we actually started recording, Charlie, you had mentioned five things that require skill in the real estate world that essentially make or break a good agent. And before you get into those, the reason why we're starting here is th the simple answer to this question. I'll, I'll like, honestly, I'll just close this loop right away. It is my belief that real estate agents are not going away. That there is too much, uh, too much emotion, too much uh, humanity that's involved in a real estate transaction. That real estate agents are definitely needed uh, still in that process, and AI isn't isn't taking that away. There are things that AI is disrupting. There are aspects of the real estate profession that I think are changing, do need to change. Much of it for the better of uh, of consumers, especially the you know the home buying and selling process. There's a lot of things that this improves, uh, but it, it doesn't get rid of the uh, of the need of the real estate agent. Now, keep in mind, uh, the average consumer may not understand the real estate transaction well enough to to think about this the same way that you that you and I do here. So in their mind, they may be thinking that they don't need a real estate agent because of some of these tools. And so there might be a little bit of extra uh, work and marketing uh, and communication that's needed to really show where a real estate agent fits in this AI-driven world right now. Uh, but at the crux of it, when we look at that that reality of do people still need the real estate agent, the real estate professional, to help them successfully navigate that process of buying and selling a home? Simple answer to me is definitely yes. Uh, so let's uh, let's dive into some of why uh, we think that, and that's where we'll get into these five things. So, uh, Charlie, go ahead and uh, and walk us through those five things. Let's start with the first one, and let's uh, let's riff on that a little bit. Yeah, I found there's five things that separate a successful real estate agent from an unsuccessful one. Uh, everything else, you know, is kind of eye candy, and uh, these are <laughs> hard things that 
AI is going to be really hard to replace. So the first one right. is converting contact to an appointment. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, really, that's that's the whole process of you've got somebody in your database, somebody that you could talk to, uh, a name, an email, a phone number, uh, maybe a social contact, however you are going out into the world and getting people uh, to actually you know come and come and talk to you. But doing that is a pretty hard process. I am seeing that there are some there is some traction uh, in the vein of AI possibly being able to replicate some of this pretty effectively, pretty quickly. If only because a lot of the reasons why people are looking to buy or sell start to become pretty consistent. And so the reality is we know uh, if, if you could follow a script and get a result, then AI could probably follow that script as well if it's adaptable enough. Uh, so we are starting to see there are some tools coming out that are making a difference on this. But out of out of the list of uh, of difficult, this is definitely still one of the higher ones of, uh, of it's going to be hard for AI to replace this. I do think we will likely see a scenario where a lot of the work of, of lead follow-up can actually be put on AI. But hey, uh, honestly, that just ends up being better for the real estate agent, <laughs> if that makes sense. Right. So it makes your life easier rather than making you not be needed. Okay, so that, that's our first one, yeah. getting the lead to meet with and you. What's this? Go ahead. Well, and I would say, like, I think that's the one that's the easiest for AI to, to duplicate. Mm. And, you know, I think right. also a lot of times that's where AI working with media and, like, letting me taking one video and splitting it into 12. Like, the truth is a lot right. of times my clients, they already know me. And so they're going to come to right. me. So, you know, in a lot of ways, they already know they want to hire me before they want to reach out to me. So I, I think that's probably the right. easiest one that the technical part AI can replace, but the part of right. having the client view you, know you, trust you, that's going to be the hardest part that AI can not right. replace. And, and this fits into a vein of kind of how I talk about AI as, as well, it, which is whatever you are. AI is really good at amplifying. It's not really great at like fixing all of your, like, like if you don't have a point of view, if you don't have a unique reason why somebody should hire you, having AI doesn't fix that. But if you do, if you have great ways to help people, you could show that you've got a track record, you've got reasons that make sense for people to help you or to, for people to hire you because you could help them. Uh, then AI could actually can help shine a light on that, can help guide people through a process, conveying that information to that. Like like that that is starting to improve. But yeah, if you're coming in and you don't have a unique point of view, you can't just click a button and have AI uh, start fixing all of that for you. The reality is uh, everybody has access to AI. So if it was as easy as just pressing a button and it does it for you, that means everybody else has the same thing, which means it's not going to be effective. <laughs> uh, if, if everybody is using the same exact thing, it stops being a way to stand out, right? So having that unique point of view, using your human creativity is still a big part of, of that. But the legwork to leverage the creativity is uh, being made easier by AI for sure, for sure. So what's the, what's the second uh, aspect that's, uh, that's core to being a successful real estate professional? Yeah, so step one is converting a contact to an appointment. Step two is converting the appointment to a client. So getting the person right. to hire you. And I think it's with the caveat, you know, like I, I know of one agent, he says, we've got a like 95% success rate with new agents converting right. leads to clients. And the reason is they charge right. $700 for a listing. So like mm -hmm. uh, if you do it for free, if you're a flat listing, you know, if, 
you know, the, like it's easy for AI to do that as well. But like, if you want to right. make a career out of this, if you want to charge uh, enough to make a living, then it takes real sales skills to convert that appointment into a client. Right. Well, and, and ultimately people end up getting some level of, of experience through the market. I, I don't even know how to describe this exactly, but the reality is low grade services, flat, flat fee services when not done right, not done correctly. Uh, you end up in a, in a category of either somebody has figured out the right technological mix to be able to do a great service at a low cost. And in which case they should totally win. They should totally be able to, to, to win off of that and likely will. Or what we tend to find is that most people, uh, most people lean on price when they don't have skill to offer. And when you're, it doesn't matter what you're paying. If you're paying little for a bad product or a lot for a bad product, it is a, it, it's a, it's a bad experience regardless. And ultimately people start to discover, uh, you know, when you hire somebody who doesn't actually charge what they need to, uh, in order to, to make that process work well, they end up seeking the ones that can't. And, and you typically, everybody knows the phrase, you get what you pay for that people either learn that by working with good people on the front end, or they learn that through experience working with, with poor, uh, poor performers. And what we're going to see is as we go through this, a lot of the process that comes after you get the client is the real part that's hard. And so uh, AI might be able to help with a lot of the lead up, a lot of the, you know, helping you talk to, to people, get them, uh, get them to book appointments, might even be able to make it so that most of the work is done by the time they meet with you. I don't think we're yet to the point where you could have somebody who is actively working with you, leveraging exclusively AI. Chances are something right now, person to person, they are going to want to talk to another person. They might be mostly sold by the time they get to you, but you're still going to have to be there. They want to experience a living human human being uh, before they uh, make an agreement, sign up and become a client. So there, there is some human element that's going to be necessary there for sure. Um, possibly AI can you know do a lot of like work leading up to it, but uh, okay. So the, the next step, so we got, we got somebody hired. What's the, uh, what's the next place where the real estate agent really has to develop a skill set uh, in order to be successful. So the third step is if you're working with a buyer that they're willing to write an offer that will right. get accepted. Uh, if you're working with the seller that they're willing to list their house at a price that is in the market or that they will accept, they, they'll accept an offer that's, that's in the market rate. Because every buyer wants to pay less, every seller wants more, and it takes right. uh, leadership. It takes knowing the local market. Like sometimes, just one street right. over can affect a twenty-five, fifty thousand dollar difference or more. And right. so, um, it's going to. And there's a lot of emotion, a lot of coaching, a lot of leadership that I've found to be able to get right. someone to. Um, actually get the house under contract, whether they're a buyer or a seller. Right. Yeah. And th this, honestly, this is our first, our first one where um, there's arguments that could be made on the first two, uh, you know, getting, getting the lead to meet with you, getting the lead to hire you where you could, you can make a solid argument that AI could, can start taking care of a lot of the heavy lifting there. And, and that you don't need, like, you don't necessarily need a ton of skill in order to actually get somebody to, to work with you. Uh, again, right now, we're not quite there. AI hasn't made this super easy yet, but on the near horizon, we're seeing that being possible. Like I, I could envision that. Uh, this is one of those areas where we really hit, hit the key point of contention where the emotion 
and and our current uh our current what's the word for this uh framework uh point of view uh paradigm paradigm's the word i'm looking for our current paradigm of how we think about these types of transactions i don't think uh the average person is ready to accept an AI doing this job yet. We're, we're giving good, solid recommendations of pricing, uh, giving good, solid recommendations of uh, how, where to list that, how to list, how to price, all of that. Like being able to go through the process of getting somebody to be on the same page. And like you said, that leadership that's required, that's more than just an AI process. And even if it wasn't, even if you could download the best leadership and the best you know, uh, knowledge, and you put that into an AI, I, I really have a hard time believing that a person knowingly interacting with an AI or knowingly interacting with software is going to consistently trust that and move forward. Because that's what it takes, right? It takes this, per, you know, the person that you're working with, the seller, the buyer, they are in control. To, they get to decide to move forward or to stop, uh, et cetera, at any, you know, provide resistance any step of the way. And so if they're not bought in, it ceases, it stops, it stops moving forward, it stops progressing, and that causes the real estate transaction to, to not progress as well. And so it really is at, the, at these points of both writing an offer, how to write the offer, uh, what homes to write the offer on, all, all, like, all of that. Uh, and then on the other end, uh, listing your home at a price that makes sense for your house, uh, what offers to consider, what offers to accept, like all of that becomes a really emotional thing that without right now human guidance uh, and a solid real estate professional there to uh, to serve in leadership to that to that client and to that transaction, you know, it falls apart right there. And even you know, and like so I that's found, uh, go ahead. I, you know, I've even found like when my clients listen to um, my guidance on what they need to right. do to stage their home, but like right. a lot of times they don't even have to spend money. Maybe they spend a grand, right. you know, most of the time. But the way to make things look, what to do, what not to do, you know, I've seen my clients that do those things, like they usually get about 10% more, um, at least here in Nashville, right. that's what I found. And it takes leadership to, I mean, just kind of coach them and encourage them. No, it's a lot of work to get the house stage ready and set expectations. And, um, you know, that's just that right there uh, is a lot. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and so we get through that process, right? Like we figure out, uh, you know, it, working with sellers, uh, they're listening to coaching on staging. They're listening to coaching on pricing. They're listening to coaching on timing of when to enter the market, what that marketing strategy looks like, all of that, right? Like all of that is leadership uh, that can be aided with AI potentially, but still takes, I think, a human uh, to deliver it, convey it, and work with a person. Similarly, the buyers, uh, what homes to look at, what homes to uh, consider, what homes to make offers on, how to make those offers, how to be successful with those offers, all of that. Again, AI might be able to help with some level of it, it to make that process easier, but still, you want that human to be conveying that and working with you through that uh, in order for somebody to be bought in to move forward through the process. So now we get to the next part of the process, right? Uh, go ahead and take us through uh, through step four. So what's step four uh, where really requires skill as a real estate professional? Yeah, well, once you're under contract, then it's removing contingencies. And that can be, you know, the three main ones are one, the financing contingency and the lender has a lot more to do with that. And, you know, there's some ways where, you know, AI blockchain will make that easier. Uh, but there's a lot of it too, where, right. you know, I tell my clients the uh, 
underwriter always wants more paperwork. When you think they, the, the lender cannot ask for any more paperwork, they're going to ask you for more paperwork. And it's frustrating. <laughs> it's exhausting. They're, and right. like, so just setting that expectation, getting them through there, hitting the right timelines, you know, right. that's one contingency. The second one, which is a big one, is the inspection contingency. So, you know, most of my clients, they right. get a home inspection. The list comes back with this long, crazy list. What is important? What's not on both sides, the buyers and the sellers, you know? Um, right. And this is where emotions can really get into play. And, you know, you've got to be able to, from what I've found, you've got to have a good trusted team on what's right. important, what's not. You know, one of my favorite uh, stories was I had a client that was buying this beautiful house here in Mount Juliet. And the inspector said, the window's broke. It won't open. You need to replace it. And it was this giant window. And my contractor was there right. and he looked out and there was a nail in it. <laughs> he pulled out the nail. The window worked just fine. Now, you know, a lot of times the, the home inspector, oh, they find stuff with the HVAC, the roof, you know, like they, they find lots right. of stuff. And so to be able to get the emotional buyer, the emotional seller to be able to like meet at a place within the right time frame, um, because you know, right. there's some stuff that you literally won't be able to see when you first walk through the house. That's the purpose of the inspection. And then there's a lot right. of stuff that, you know, I've got one right now, there's plumbing issues that we didn't know about, you know, and we, we got money to get it fixed afterwards. So the second one is the uh, inspection. And then right. the third contingency, the big one is the appraisal. You know, what happens if the home comes under appraisal? Does the buyer have the money to bring the difference? Do you, um, actually contest the appraisal and try to get the appraiser to, to change the value that doesn't work a lot, but it does. Sometimes it makes it closer. Right. Do you get the seller to just drop the price? I've done that. So all of that, like that's, and that's not negotiating that starts then that's really negotiating right. that started when you first get under contract, like building that rapport. Right. You know, if I've got a client that can't bring any additional money, you know, like I've, I put that on the contract. Hey, we're getting a 95% loan. All right. of that stuff helps. What I found is inexperienced or unsuccessful agents fail like three out of four times on those three things. Like those are big things, right. a lot of emotion. You're dealing with all three of them a lot of times at the same time. Um, right. So I think that's going to be very hard for AI to solve with all of the emotions in this tight time frame right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, like, that's the key. Like, is there, is there potentially an argument to be made that uh, AI could, could help somebody navigate that could help somebody uh, maybe step out of their emotional frame and step into the logical solutions oriented and get ideas and be assisted. Absolutely. Like, I think that's one of the areas that AI is really good and really powerful on is being able to think in a way that we struggle to think through something given our current frame mind. For instance, if I am pissed off, it's going to be really hard for me to write a friendly email. But I could put put together the basics of my thoughts and have AI write an email that actually comes across the way that I need to professional, uh, etc. So I like I could move forward and leverage AI to, to gain power in that. But I still have to, to know what I'm doing. And then further, the only reason that is actually accepted either by by the other agent that you're talking to by the your client by their client, etc, is because again, 
they are perceiving it as coming from an empathetic human <laughs> who is, you know, like they understand how that works, right? Right now, we don't have any level of uh, AI that we believe is empathetic, that we believe actually cares about our goals, our needs, et cetera. If that comes along, if that develops like, and people believe that and trust that, uh, that, that starts to have more power. Right now, we're not there. It's not on the near horizon. What we see right now is more akin to uh, regurgitating pattern that we see similarly. And so it's useful as a tool, but it's definitely not the same as like sentience and empathy and, and those kinds of things. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and so then <laughs> I, I love the way that you word that you word this last one, because really it's kind of a combination of all sorts of the other ones, right? But it, it's a very clear specific time where this happens. So uh, talk me through the, the fifth thing that a real estate professional needs to navigate. And uh, yeah, we, in order we, to be successful, we call it the last three days. Uh, we, you know, we call it the green zone. <laughs> and I've gotten to now where I actually tell my clients up front, I say, now you're probably not going to remember this, but uh, when we get through this transaction, the last three days, something's going to come up that's crazy. And it's going to seem like something insurmountable right. that there's no way that we're going to be able to get through it. Well, I just want you to know that's right. why we get paid because we always solve it. And the truth is, and it doesn't always have to be the last three days. I've had sometimes it happens 10 days out, 12 days out. Uh, when that happens, I just tell the clients like, hey, this is really great news. We usually have 72 hours to right. solve this. We've got two weeks. This is amazing. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but you know, something, just something off the wall, you know, my, my title girl, she's been in the business 30 years, probably two out of three times whatever it is she has never seen before. Like, think about that. I mean, she's right. done, I mean, without a doubt, tens of thousands of deals, you know, like she does 10 right. to 40 a month for 30 years. Like that's a lot of deals. Right. And like 66% of the time she's like, I've never seen this before, Charlie. So <laughs> like, you don't know what it is and right. you know, you've got, the buyer agent, the listing agent, you got the title companies, uh, you've got the emotional buyers, you got the emotional sellers. If it's a first time home buyer, it might be the buyer's parents involved. You get, you know, you've got all of right. this and uh, like, and then if you've like, I had one a few years ago, I had a client was buying a house and the people that he was buying the house from, they were buying a house in North Carolina. Well, in North right. Carolina at a certain date, your earnest money is non-refundable and it was a lot of money mm. and we right. had a within those last three days and the buyer of my client's house because they were selling theirs was an agent and right. like 72 hours before the agent's like hey we need to extend ask how long he said i'm not sure <laughs> so i had to get on and it was it was a lot and so i had to get right. on the phone with the agents in north carolina Right. and say, all right, here's what happened. Here's what we're doing. You should stick with this deal because right. yes, your money's going to be non-refundable, but we are going to close this. And here's why like right. that. And if they would have backed out my client, you know, like the whole deal would, would have all fallen through if I couldn't have convinced right. them. And that's not, you know, that's not abnormal. You know, that's a normal three day, right. <laughs> three day thing. So that's going to be really hard for AI to solve. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, and, and I love that. I mean, that like our last three points on this, they, they all go to go to illustrate like the thing that, that technology seems to 
uh, see, seems to be moving toward trying to solve is mostly the easiest part, which is finding the home. Right? Like finding the home and getting people into houses to see them. It's like, yeah, all right, great. You're doing a great job solving what is earliest in the process and it's the least difficult part of the process. Awesome. Uh, like it's good that we're trying to solve that, but it, it you know, it, it doesn't do much for it. But really the, the hard work of real estate and why real estate agents do deserve to get paid for the skill that they bring to the table is everything that happens once you're actually working with somebody. The, the emotion, the chaos and and uh, yeah, that's not that's not going away anytime soon, as far as I could see. And those are the key reasons to me, definitely, why why a robot isn't about to take your job. I don't see that as being on on the immediate horizon. Um, again, like we said, there are definitely some elements where uh, AI, where software, where technology is disrupting the field and definitely making you have to adapt to stay competitive in the current landscape. And so don't don't take this as a saying like you don't have to change anything. Because you do. <laughs> There's a lot of impact that's happening from AI. But the core fundamentals of, of helping keep a transaction together, of helping connect people to the thing that they want, and really uh, helping most people get, to be able to get past to get through the emotions that would prevent them uh, from being, being able to do it. That, that's the key value of real estate agent. It's a you know 99% therapist and 1% actually dealing with uh, <laughs> dealing with real estate itself, right? Uh, both for for yourself and for your client. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So let, let's talk about like there there are some things. So let's move into the next phase of this. There are some things that would I think allow. AI to replace a real estate agent. So if we see these things shift in the market dynamic, then yes, it, it does become possible. And these aren't impossible things. Like these are somewhat possible things. They aren't things that I see happening on the horizon. There isn't a clear, hey, technology is heading this way. This is definitely happening. These are more like if things shifted enough in a way that is unexpected and these things happen, then sure, uh, AI could start to start to you know replace uh, the real estate agent in a transaction. And so uh, the first one that comes to mind, a lot of the motion of a real estate transaction really is beholden to the size of a transaction that it is. Uh, if it was a smaller transaction, people would not be nearly as emotional, and so it wouldn't be as hard to navigate. Uh, if there's, you know, if if you're buying a used product and it's got a slight ding to it, that doesn't typically make the difference between you buying it or not if the price point is below a certain point, right? That's something that people are often able to comfortably deal with and expect when you're buying a used product. But man, when that thing is you know, that like hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, those those minor inconveniences add up to uh, potentially being major cost inconveniences, uh, as well as, uh, you know, experiential inconveniences. And uh, so it's really it goes back to money. Now, if for some reason real estate became a cheap transaction, if it was uh, the equivalent of a sub hundred dollar transaction for most people, uh, then man, there's a lot less emotion involved, right? So if it, if it becomes uh, either through uh, manufacturing, supply, if they're like, shoot, in terms of overall scenarios and dealing with supply and demand, uh, if something happened that like wiped out 90% of the population overnight, then maybe real estate becomes a, a lot easier to do because there's drastically more inventory than there is people that able to buy dark. it, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, unless somebody's aware of some sort of really crazy scenario on the horizon, I don't, I don't see that happening anytime soon, or at least not in a predictable way. And so, as it stands right now, market prices might fluctuate, and there might be some level of, uh, of, of increase in prices, decrease in prices. Markets are going to market, but I, I don't see housing 
going to that that level where she, I, I don't even see it going into the level uh, where it's like uh, automobile pricing, like cars. Right. I, I don't even see it going 20, that 000, low. 50,000. Yeah, that would still, I mean, right. you don't have all the people involved for that. You know, that's, you know, you go to right. one dealer. Um, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I would think even if there is a place where they find, you know, because they do have 3D printed homes, you know, they've got right. like technology is amazing. I love that. Um, right. You know, if, if people can, there's going to be people that want custom homes still, you know, right. like that, that's normal. Right. Right. And, and even still, then you just find the other bottleneck, uh, which is, uh, which is land. And typically the desirable places also have a limit on land available. So it, the price of the house becomes cheap. The house of the land just comparatively goes up in value and you end up paying for the spot rather than paying for the home. Uh, and uh, still, you're still going to have it be a fairly scarce, you know, fairly scarce resource compared to a higher percentage demand. And the price is going to stay, uh, stay high because it is, at least at this point, basically impossible to, uh, to just manufacture in mass new great places to live. <laughs> Maybe the buildings right. become easy, but the, you know, you, you can't, uh, sh shoot. I, you know, I, I live full time in an RV traveling the country with my family, even just the experience of being in Nashville versus Dallas versus Austin versus Southern California versus, uh, you know, the Pacific Northwest, uh, you know, like the national parks area of California, the, the deserts, like all of these places are really unique in their own ways. And even if they wanted to rubber stamp <laughs> one of the other locations, there's, there's a certain organic growth that comes to create like the spirit and feeling of an area. And that uniqueness is going to have its own demand as well and, and be impossible uh, to just replicate with technology. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I, it is incredibly likely that real estate stays as a high high value, uh, you know, price point, which to me necessitates that, that a human is involved in that transaction for a long period of time. Uh, there is one other thing that could potentially decrease the need for, for humans, even in that world, even in, uh, even acknowledging that, that the price point stays high. And really, uh, it's, it's kind of a combination of two things. Um, one human confidence in allowing AI and robots to guide and dictate decisions needs to become the norm if that was going to happen. So uh, the average person, when you ask them on the street, whose opinion would you trust more in regards to this, this human that you trust or this AI, you know, giving you results from an algorithm, we would need to move to a point where people literally don't have resistance to that, where they feel like I would either just as readily or more so trust the AI opinion than I would you know, the human. And, and I think there are things that we're moving toward uh, AI being able to give that sort of recommendations and guidance to things that for better or worse tend to be a fairly, you know, uh, just a process driven, you're following it, following it. It's, you know, more practical than it is systematic. Honestly, that's happening with, uh, with, with doctors. I think we're seeing AI very readily uh, impacting transportation because when we're driving, we're not making the goal is to reduce the emotional decisions that are being made, right? We're, we're trying, we're trying to make that process as unemotional and repetitive as possible and hopefully removing the emotion out of it and the, and the human uh, inadequacies out of it. Uh, similarly, uh, when it comes to like uh, doctors and medical, 
most of the time what's happening is it's uh, uh, input of data and an output of here's the like here's the here's the flowchart process here's the here's the way to interpret this data and uh, it, it's very possible that we're going to see some of that start to shift and change but even still I think I think it's going to be a while before somebody fully accepts like an AI driven diagnosis compared to uh, you know a, a human giving it kind of that final step of saying yeah and all my years all my research the arguments that I'm seeing here I agree with this let's move forward. And and those are things that are fairly logical and repetitive. We're dealing with like uh, real estate transactions. Let's be honest, most of the reason for the decisions that people are making is it's emotional, right? I mean, we're we're talking we're talking about a collection of of wood, minerals, uh, and polymers <laughs> coming together, right? Uh, like you can get your collection of wood, mineral, and polymers all over the place. Uh, the reason why this has significance and value to you is really all all a matter of the subjective, right? And it's um, so unique, right? Like right, right. each plot of land is unique. Each, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's a cookie cutter house, the truth is each connection of polymers are unique because you've got. <laughs> right subcontractors but then you know you got to think what else is unique right you know the other people that you're connected with in life right. you want to be at a certain location because you want to you know drive 15 minutes to the grandparents right. and you want to drive 10 minutes to work and you want to drive 25 minutes to the volleyball field or pickleball right you know <laughs> and like there's just so much that and every part of it is unique to each individual right. and then you know Every house is unique. Every land is unique. So right. you know, it's not something that AI can really just have one playbook and run. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and so I mean that's that's really the key. The the thing that potentially gets AI to the point where it could step in and and be able to run that process well is sentience. <laughs> right. Like AI gets to the point of actually being able to exist have its own framework, its own emotions. If, if we could believe that AI is is 100% and truly acting in our best will, and we believe that it has the capability to do so uh, by fully understanding our lived experience, by being able to understand the, the circumstances, and sure, you might be able to get somebody to, <laughs> to, to trust the transaction. But I'm telling you, uh, where we are in current technology, we aren't looking at sentience right now. We're, we're looking at, I, I mean, really, we don't, I, we might be looking at sentience. We don't know. We don't know exactly what sentience is. So we're, we, you know, it, it's possible, but we're not looking at a scenario where we're thinking, yeah, I mean, give it five years and we got, we got AIs that, uh, that are essentially their own people. Now, we're not, uh, right. we're not looking at the landscape that way. We're looking at, uh, we see that a lot of what we've thought is really complex intelligence, uh, maybe was us running kind of frameworks <laughs> consistently that AI is actually able to do pretty well. Uh, but that, that sentience aspect, that emotion, that, uh, you know, like true uh, ability to have empathy and, you know, know that you're talking to another person that has uh, a, a lived experience that's even somewhat related to you, that, that thing is still part of what makes a real estate transaction successful. And therefore, when somebody is looking for who they're going to work with for that, uh, it's an important element. And we don't have that in AI and we're not seeing that come anytime soon. It is possible because uh, again, we don't completely understand it and, and who knows if it happens, but I don't see it on the near horizon. And further, not only does that impact, impact real estate, that impact impacts everything. Right. <laughs> we, at that point, get... <laughs> at that point, it becomes your subconscious almost. <laughs> yeah, we got sentient AI. We're not looking at professions even in the same way anymore. We're, 
uh, yeah, like that, that's a that's a ontological change in uh, in humanity. That's that's a big one. Anyway, so that th- those are the things that I think really keep uh, keep the real estate professional solidly having a true place of value in the real estate transaction. And what would have to happen for that to change, which hopefully you can see is not you know uh, greatly likely. Uh, so the final thing that I want to explore before we, you know, before we end this episode is just uh, some of the ideas of what AI is able to to replace. What aspects are impacting uh, the industry? What things should we be aware of, and at least either deploy for ourselves, know that they might be shifting uh, our workflows, that sort of thing, and really anything that is just a matter of data, just a matter of processing that data and following a process, those aspects can likely either be replaced by AI or leveraged by AI, right? So improved, automated, um, maybe the human has a final pass, but uh, uh, but where AI could be deployed. So things like home search, right? I, I expect that there will be tools coming along where people aren't typing in, you know, I want this many beds, this many baths, like where it's a input like that it's and it likely starts to become more of a conversational more of a like the way that a human would be able to connect somebody to properties is likely ai can start to do that as well pretty soon i'd say um so i'd be looking at technology that's that's moving that way that i think can be powerful i think the you know, the scale of follow-up the scale of marketing uh, those things can start to be being leveraged by ai if you're not deploying technology in that in, in those veins uh, it's less that ai is going to replace you and a lot more likely that other humans leveraging AI will be the ones to replace you. Uh, right. So those are those are the things that you should be looking at for sure. Um, and I think you know, and so you know, all the, of those aspects. The, the one that excites me is uh, personalized content. You know, you've got the ability where you can just change someone's name by typing it. You know, right. uh, so it's it's uh, partly automated, partly personal. You know, it's you, but modify it a little bit. Uh, And then I think the other, the biggest, what, what I'm excited about is we can create content like this and then we can use AI to create little edit clips and, Mm. you know, so we can, because people want to consume, you know, two, three, four minute clips, they've got more time to do that. And so this lets us basically create little commercials through AI that lead right. to the longer thing. So I think it's to basically um, exponentially increase. You do one thing and now it's right. 12, 13, 14 things that you could hire an, an right. editor, but it's much more scalable now. Yeah. And I think there are things that will like, especially on the customization, I think we will enter uh, some changes in terms of what people expect. I think if somebody feels like you were trying to come across as reaching out to them personally, but weren't actually doing that, that's going to have big trust ramifications moving forward. So I think like we got to be careful how we navigate that. But I think like it's, there's an interesting thing. One of the tools that I use, it's called a recast. What's it called? Recast. Uh, Is it .fm.ai? I forget. Anyway, uh, but what it does is it allows you to take written articles online. You click recast and it gives it back to you uh, as if it's a podcast, but specifically not just audio. It gives it back to you as if it's like a conversation between two people. Uh, So it changes the flow of the content where you're still getting all the content, but, but it's given to you in a, in a podcast sort of style. And and what's interesting is all things being equal. I I prefer that way of consuming content because for whatever reason it does connect 
in a way that I enjoy consuming more than just like listening to a summary or, uh, or even just having the audio version of something. Right. And, and so I think that there's something at play in the future where I think this, this kind of interesting element of something being customized to a person, but they're in on it and they understand like the customization is less about trying to appeal, uh, appear like it was done for you personally, and more about just making that a better experience for, for that one to many marketing. If that makes sense, I think we'll start to hopefully the same way. Like I go into a video game and I play the game. I don't expect that, like that the game designers literally develop the whole game just for me, you know, specifically, I, I expect that there's like some level of, of interaction with the game that's unique to me, but still, you know, top down inspired by the game designers and their creativity. So like, it'll replace the character name with my character name and like, like those kinds of things. Right. So uh, I, I think in the same way, uh, maybe as this technology becomes more pervasive, people will start to expect like, why does this email say, Hey there, like it should say, hi, Zach. And it should mention that it's Thursday and give me the weather and, and, and whatnot. Like I, I'm just going to start to expect that because like everything else will feel feel weird if that makes sense so uh, yeah so i think those kinds of elements are at play for sure uh, you mentioned one uh, that i hadn't talked about or i hadn't thought about until you'd mentioned uh, when we were talking earlier uh you know we're really big right now on ai when it comes to uh, large language models image generation those kinds of things but uh one of the other places where ai is being making major strides is the ai that's being used to automate cars driving and the, and the technology behind that so in the real estate space definitely there's some uh there's some good potential ramifications around making you know a real estate agent's job easier you want to you want to elaborate on that yeah you know i think driving around looking at homes is probably one of the least valuable parts uh, from my perspective like right now it has to happen right. You know, so right. one way that AI can help is you walk through a house and you record it and like you're using, well, you're using technology and they get to walk through the house that way, or you have someone else right. to do that. Or, you know, another option is, which, you know, like in Tennessee, we can't do this yet uh, because of the way the rules and the combination locks work and everything. But I could see right. if you have self-driving cars, I could very easily have a self-driving car pick up my clients, take them to the houses, you know, uh, open door, offer pad. They let people go into the houses by themselves now. So, you know, we are getting there, but that could change the game because that's one of the biggest, I think that's one of the reasons a lot of successful agents aren't buyer's agents is because driving right. is the biggest bottleneck. Uh, so I think right. you've got a great opportunity there to you know, keep your skills, but not use that time suck. And you know, how great would it be for, for buyers? Oh, they just pull up the phone. They want to see these three homes today and they're just taken to it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's instead of the, uh, uh, book a showing being, uh, just a digital thing. It's like, uh, book a showing is like, when will the car pick you up and how, you know, this is approximately how long your, your showing session will take. And, uh, this is, this is, you know, uh, when it'll be over, <laughs> like, uh, like all of that, where it's like, literally you could see the time commitment. You could, you could get a feel for that. Yeah. I, I, I think there's a lot of power that could come from that, but really, I mean, it makes the experience better for everyone. The more that we can leverage technology to replace the aspects where humans aren't needed. That's like, that's a, that's a good thing. Like let's keep the humans doing the creative human side where we need humans, where we need the things that are uniquely human are uniquely us. 
uh, to be present in that in that process. Uh, and shoot, let's let technology and AI do the rest, right? <laughs> that, that sounds great. <laughs> and then uh, uh, one of the other things that we talked about, you know, too, uh, I see AI and technology in general. So this is a little bit bigger than just AI, uh, potentially making some of this process of, uh, you know, contingencies, finance, title search, some of that a little bit easier uh, by having more more of these things that sort of uh, are uncovered through the title search, through, uh, through through those sorts of things that that it really, uh, some of the problems that come into play are, it's a holdover from a paper era. And as that stuff starts to get digitized and we start to maybe move into uh, things powered by like blockchain and uh, some of these better technologies that we're seeing where uh, essentially homes are maybe NFTs instead of, uh, or, or like the ownership of a home is, is an NFT rather than uh, being a record that kind of has to be digitized and figured out in, you know, uh, closed databases and stuff like that. Anyway, as those those things start to become more uh, more available, things like AI are going to be able to leverage that better to detect issues, detect detect things clearer, etc. I think we're still probably a far way off on that. That would be a that'll be a long term undertaking of moving that direction. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, those are those are those are things that are definitely you know when I'm looking at like where can technology impact this? What are some of the things um, that either improve or shift the real estate game? Those are those are some of the big areas that I look at for sure. But uh, but yeah, any uh, any other any other places where you see AI uh, impacting the game or, or replacing things? Uh, I think those are the main ones. You know, like I mean, possibly with paperwork. You know, like we've got right. transaction coordinators now, and a lot of the paperwork we have to do with is. Uh, because people want uh, someone to take responsibility, you know, and then right. a lot of the paperwork is, you know, covering your butt, you know, like I'm a, I'm a realtor, right. but I'm not a roofer, all of that stuff. Right. And I can see the efficiency with the paperwork uh, being, right. being a place where it's going to have help sooner rather than later. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense for sure. So, I mean, that like, that's the key to me. So the short idea in all of this, uh, the, the, the TLDR, uh, is, is a robot about to take your job if you're a real estate professional? No, I don't think so. Uh, is a robot hopefully going to make your life easier? <laughs> uh, help do some of the stuff that was not necessarily all that enjoyable in the first place and, and maybe let you focus more on the key area where you have provided value in the past? Yeah, I think that's the case. I think uh, technology would have to change drastically more than what we're seeing on the horizon. Um, I think there are things that do impact the industry. I, uh, you know, I touched on this early in the uh, in the episode. I do think uh, the, the average consumer may not have thought through all of these impacts, and they may have a perception that a robot could just as easily do your job. And so there is some level of what's showing up in your marketing, what's showing up in your conversations that reiterates where the value is uh, in what you're doing and how you actually help people. Um, I think if you don't have those conversations, if you don't make that information part of what you're doing, then you might get blindsided by somebody thinking, uh, again, I think wrongly, but thinking thinking that uh, you know they'd be better off with technology than with you. Um, and so it is on you to have that leadership to be able to get out there and and explain really what a real estate transaction is, because it's not what most people think it is. They haven't fully considered. Uh, that that process and what that looks like. Um, so having that leadership and reminding people this is this is what I help people do. I help people navigate uh, the complexity of the emotion really that happens after you've found the home that you want or after uh, you've decided to sell, rather than you know everything that leads up to it, which is all that all that most people have in their in their perception of what real estate is. They they see HDTV uh, and and 
really that just talks about the uh, <laughs> the interesting parts uh, and not the not the emotion of what actually goes on in a deal. So uh, so there you go. Uh, the short answer is no. I don't think AI is gonna gonna take your job. I don't think a robot's gonna be doing the work of real estate anytime soon. I think uh, we will see technology helping folks out, but uh, uh, but overall, there's still a lot of opportunity, uh, especially if you decide to be amongst those that are leveraging AI uh, to have a bigger impact to be able to maximize your time uh, in the most efficient, uh, you know, the most effective areas that humans uh, can interact with in the real real estate space. Uh, any, uh, any other final thoughts from you, Charlie, on this, uh, on this topic? I think we covered quite a bit and uh, I learned some things and, uh, I, I feel pretty complete on it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us in another episode of a real estate growth hackers. I'm Zach Hammer. This has been Charlie Madison with me until the uh, next time. We'll, uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Growth Hacker Show. Remember, done is better than perfect. To turn the marketing ideas and tactics you just learned into real growth for your real estate business, visit us at realestategrowthhackers.com. If you like this episode, consider sharing it with another real estate professional who could benefit from the information. Or maybe you'd like to subscribe to the show to never miss an episode. And you can leave a rating or review on iTunes with your biggest takeaway, helping this show to reach and help more people just like you. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.